Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Hostels and hotels in Dublin are charging up to, get a load of this, this is extraordinary, €1,664 for a double room on St. Patrick's Day. That's according to Dublin Live, who found that if you are trying to book accommodation on March 17th, you'll be uh, paying multiples of what you would on an average Friday night. But it's not just hoteliers, Dublin City Council have also been accused of St. Patrick's Day price gouging by charging up to €1,000 for a family of four to watch the city's parade from a grandstand. €1,000. They also want people to fork out up to 110 per couple to get into a fruit and veg market in the city. We're going to be talking about, uh, and I'd love to hear from you on 1800 453 106, about price gouging on a day like St. Patrick's Day. Now, One of the problems in the city is that 98% of available accommodation, hotel rooms and so on, are gone. They're already booked because you have St. Patrick's Day and then the next day there is the Ireland-England rugby match on the 18th of March uh, in the Aviva. So the city is very busy. But when I read uh, prices like that, there's one here. Um, So most accommodation, as I said, is is booked up. But um, one city centre hostel is offering a king room with two single beds and three bunk beds for double occupancy for 1,664 for the night. Now, according to its listing on Booking.com, the ground floor snug has a view of a lake. Now, I've lived in Dublin all my life. I don't know of any lake in the city centre. Maybe somebody can correct me there, but if there is a lake in the city, can you let me know where it is? Because apparently this has a view of a lake. Um, it's 350 yards from the city centre. That same accommodation then is priced at €304 for an average uh, Friday night. Um, Here in the office today, we've all become obsessed with uh, prices for St. Patrick's Day. And we worked out that it is cheaper if you wanted to stay somewhere for the 17th and 18th of March. It is cheaper to fly to New York, stay in an accommodation in Times Square and fly back home again. It's actually cheaper than some of the offers of accommodation in uh, Dublin City. Anyway, the, po- the question we're asking is, is this ruining our reputation? Uh, uh, Finnegal uh, Councillor Danny Byrne is on the line. Um, Danny, I know there isn't much availability um, hotel room-wise on St. Patrick's Day because of St. Patrick's Day and the match the next day and so on. But what does this mean for Dublin when we read out prices, eye-watering prices like that? Good afternoon, Adrian, to you and your listeners. Um, I believe it's really bad for Dublin's reputation. I think it would be much better from a marketing point of view if uh, all hotels were full and that was it, Mm. rather than uh, really um, price gouging in this manner. Like you mentioned there, the the hostels now getting in on the act. There's um, for three nights... Uh, 1,159 euro for a, a bed in a dormitory room. So you don't even get your own bed, almost 400 euro per night. It's absolutely outrageous. And then similar prices outside Dublin, there's a hotel charging uh, for three nights 
uh, €2,506. They're generously including breakfast, but that's over €800 per night. Mm. In fact, I was looking at one hotel in in Cork City, and uh, for the 17th and 18th of um, March, so Patrick's Day and the day after, €1,132 for the two nights. The following weekend, €468 for the two nights. It's, It's extraordinary. Yeah, this has been this has been going on, Adrian, for some time now, uh, post pandemic. And you know, I, I'm a, I'm a for, former hotel manager myself, and the the hotels and many businesses were rightfully uh, well looked after during the pandemic uh, with business awards. Like they are large employers and so on. Um, uh, but I, I now I, I called at the time for last year for the uh, Hotels Federation to appear before the Oireachtas Committee, but I'm sorry to say it seems that nothing much has changed. So I have now written to the Taoiseach to ask him to seriously examine the issue and to see if it's possible to take in some sort of price caps, because I do believe it's really bad. I've been contacted people over the weekend from abroad, and they said they would like to potentially have visited Ireland for St Patrick's Day, and they, they looked at the prices and and the Kitty Taylor fight same story the proposed date which I think is the twentieth of May absolutely eye watering prices doing to, for me it's doing serious damage to Ireland's and Dublin's reputation. Okay, but this sort of uh, price gouging, if you want to call it that, uh, wouldn't wouldn't be unusual. It's it's something that doesn't just happen in Dublin when there's a big event on. No, I I I agree with that, Adrian. And everybody's used to, you know, flights getting more expensive uh, at, at particular events or weekends or whatever. But this is this is really hyper. This is this is ludicrous to charge somebody almost twelve hundred euro for three nights in a hostel. Like it's just it's it's it need. I think it, at this stage it does need legislation to stop it. And it what sort of legislation? I mean, you know, you're talking about the commercial businesses, um, and obviously prices set by demand. How can you regulate that? Well, I believe there was uh, legislation taken in other countries, uh, like Canada, for example, during the COVID period for. Um, different products, you know, maybe face masks and uh, test equipment and so on. But we've seen during the pandemic, it is possible to do things. We've seen uh, over the pandemic, it is possible to do things at, uh, at speed if necessary. So... Aren't we, though, in in a perfect storm in terms of uh, available beds in Ireland and in particular in uh, Dublin with uh, pressure on the uh, sector because of housing asylum seekers and refugees and so on, that the availability of beds is much less than it would be for uh, tourists in, in a normal year? No, I agree, Adrian, and there is that facet to it as well. However, like I said at the outset, it would be better, I think, much better from a, park, from a, a marketing point of view if we just said, oh, oh, all hotels are full, okay, we'll try next year. But to turn around to be charging these prices, I just think it's really, really bad. Like, it's rip-off Ireland. 
really. I'm, I'm really sorry to say that. But and, and like you said, you're you're getting that feeling from people who would like to visit the country but just won't pay those sorts of prices. You couldn't afford to pay those sorts of prices. Well, people can't afford. And there's another aspect to this also, Adrian. I've been. I'm originally from uh, County Donegal, and there's people from all over Ireland who come to Dublin, you know, for weekends and for shopping and so on uh, and and shows. But there's also people who come to um, uh, to Crumlin Hospital, uh, maybe to uh, having a child in there. How can we expect people to pay these exorbitant prices? So it's, I, I just think it's, it, it's immoral to charge the, these prices and something needs to be done. Okay, on the uh, other line I have uh, Michael Lennon, who is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the director of the Skyline Hotel in uh, Dublin. Michael, it's... It's a sad reflection on uh, your industry when we hear of prices like that. Well, I, I, Adrian, I suppose the, the first thing we would do in the Skyline, and I, I know the majority of hotels in Dublin, we, we want to retain our guests and we don't want to be ripping them off and uh, we want to make sure they're happy and they enjoy themselves. And if, if, if they're going to have a sour taste in their mouth before they even visit us uh, because of pricing uh, strategies, uh, it, it, it's a problem. Now, I, I would know and uh, that the majority of hotels, there's about 22,000 rooms plus in Dublin available for sale for St. Patrick's weekend. And there are only, um, and, and we're probably at 98 uh, to 100% uh, full at this stage, uh, that... Uh, 60 or 70% of those are contracted uh, six months, a year, two years in advance. Even during COVID, we were contracting for, for, for this. And they would be at far, far uh, less uh, a price than what you're being quoted there and, and what you're looking at uh, with your visit to, to New York. Um, there, there, it's a supply and demand uh, problem. We, we're, we're going to have a quarter of a million people on the streets of Dublin on, on St. Patrick's Day at, at, at the festival. And it's going to be well-managed, well-run. Uh, people will be out there, families to enjoy themselves. And uh, but we've only twenty-two thousand rooms. So even if at double occupancy, that's forty-four thousand people. So you're only twenty percent. Now you are talking uh, about, uh, I suppose, the structure of room sales in Dublin uh, is a little bit more than hotels. It's 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 the whole short-term rental market. And uh, definitely, I would call out any hostel, and I'd call out any hotel as well if they're charging sixteen hundred euro for a room a night. You know, it's mm. like it's it's crazy. Now I, I'm I'm here looking at Co-Patrick at the moment in in, in County uh, Mayo. And I have a grandchild in the back uh, shouting at me, so I'm going to get out of the car. But I, I, we, we have plenty of rooms in, in Mayo anyway for St. Patrick's weekend, if anyone wants to come down to us. Okay, but uh, well, people want, know, to, be, know, want know, to be in Dublin, that's, that's the problem. I, I, I know. Oh, well, no, well, they should be coming to Mayo because St. Patrick's Day, um, definitely in Crow Patrick, it's where it all starts uh, and the fasting and, and, and the pilgrimage. But, just um, just out of curiosity, our Michael. Is full. Our hotel is full in, in Dublin. Okay, just out of curiosity, in uh, Mayo, what sort of room rates would you be looking for on St. Patrick's Day? Uh, we would uh, probably be around the, between 160 and 200 uh, for a standard to deluxe room uh, for, for, for that weekend a night. And how much were the prices before you filled up in Dublin? How much were they going for? Uh, they wouldn't be too far off that now in the Skyline. Uh, I just know from the average room rate. And, uh, and and actually, any of your researchers can go there and look at the publicly quoted companies, uh, hotel companies in Dublin. Uh, and you can see that they, uh, when, when you look at their profitability over a year and or quarter and, 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 and multiply out the number of rooms they have in the average room rate, they aren't uh, achieving much more than what they've quoted there.
Good to talk to you, Michael. Thanks very much indeed. Mary is also on the line uh, in Dublin. Mary, what do you think of the sort of price gouging that we're uh, quoting here today for a stay in the capital on St. Patrick's Day? Hi, Adrian, and thanks very much for having me on. Well, I'd like to come at this from the point of view of a small independent uh, retailer in the city, and I'm a member of a group of about 60 small independent businesses. And really what I'd like to to show is the, the impact of this on a wider scale. So when you have hotels and hostels charging outrageous prices, the people who are coming, who are maybe on budgets or, you know, have a certain amount of money to spend, have less disposable income when it, when, when, when it comes to the surrounding businesses. So we don't get that trickle-down effect. Now, retail, we don't go for price gouging because you never see... Um, a shop putting up prices just for Paddy's Week. If anything, retail, the, the prices go down at certain times of the year for sales and so on. So what you have is a huge imbalance in the commercial life of the city. And, you know, in any city, when you go abroad, you love to find these little back streets with these little unusual shops. Um, it's what gives the city its character, getting away from the main streets with their ubiquitous high street stores. You could be anywhere. Whereas, you know, people like the small independents, whether they're cafes, whether they're shops. And every month we're seeing more and more of these small businesses closing down. What we're going to end up with in Dublin City is a plethora of hotels and pubs and restaurants and very, very little in the way of independent retail. It's going to become a much more soulless, much more uninteresting city. And I think these hotels, they're killing the go- the, the the goose that lays the golden egg, basically. They're not thinking about the overall economy of the city. And looking at the way things are, I mean, I personally used to do some walking tours of Dublin. Now I would be embarrassed to show anybody around Dublin. It's a dirty city. It's intimidating. It's um, it's just not what it used to be. And I love Dublin. I was mm. born and reared here. But I am dejected and I am really sad and upset to see the way it's going. There's no vision. The council, Dublin City Council, doesn't give a damn about the overall impact of this on the city. They don't care about, you know, the needs of the various um, groups in the city. And, and obviously think- when, when we hear of uh, hotel pricing, like we've heard uh, that we've quoted on the show, um, that really uh, leaves a, a, a bad taste for an awful lot of people about our capital city. For me, um, as a business person, I believe in customer loyalty. And in order to do that, you have to be fair to your customers. The idea of gouging people simply because they need a place to stay. So, you know, it, it's just all wrong. Ethically, it's wrong. Morally, it's wrong. Now, I know businesses, hotels will say their costs are increasing. Everybody's costs are increasing. Everybody's costs. It, it's right across the board. But some of us are being pushed out of the, the, the arena completely. And it's going, to, as I said, this is going to have a big impact on the city down the line. You watch the city in, what, five, ten years' time. It's already, um, it's already on a, a downturn, and we can see it. Everybody I talk to who works in the city can see it. You look at the graffiti, you look at the dirt, you look at the, the whole level of um, the atmosphere in the city. It's not the same. 
Okay, I mean, but interesting, you, mean, you, you say all that, yet a half a million people are expected into the city centre on St. Patrick's Day. So it's still as popular, if not more popular than ever. It, that's one day of the year, Adrian. And remember, a lot of those people, I would say probably 80, 90 percent of those people are going to, they're going to be drinking. They might have a bit of food. They'll watch the parade. But it's certainly nothing about retail. It's not, it's not for retail that they're coming in that day. And what I'm saying is people might not think retail is important, that the bricks and mortar shops aren't important. They are important. Um, for the people who come into the city, and I know from my colleagues who work in similar businesses to me, the, the experience that tourists get from us is totally different. They come in, they chat, mm. we talk to them, we interact with them. They go away with such a high level of, of enjoyment compared to, you know, just going into a big store. I know the big stores are there, they're necessary. But this isn't online shopping. This is about customer interaction. We're like ambassadors for this. Uh, Mary, I'll let you get a, <clears throat> excuse me, a quick plug in. Tell us the name of your, your shop. It's Heirlooms Irish Craft and Design on Stephen Street Lower, and I sell only Irish-made products, Irish-designed and made. But I'm just saying, Adrian, I'm, and I, it's not just me. Everybody I talk to, we are so sad about this city and how it's how it's degenerating, and it never recovered after COVID because certain elements moved in that are still there. It's not the same city. Somebody has to take control. Somebody has to have a vision. And it's not coming from Owen Keegan in Dublin City Council. We need somebody to lead this city to a better place. All right, Mary, thanks very much indeed for your call. If you want to get in contact with us, our number is 1800-453-106. We're talking about uh, price gouging in the hotel sector uh, for St. Patrick's Day. Part, Sorry, I shouldn't say generally the hotel sector because part of the problem here is that hotels are full for St. Patrick's Day. There are no rooms, but the few that are available, a B&B out in Clondalkin, how much was it, 800 euro or six, 800 euro for a B&B in Clondalkin? on St. Patrick's Day. I'd sooner get the train. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. Hotels are booked out for St. Patrick's Day in uh, Dublin. Well, 98% of rooms are are gone. Um, However, uh, one city centre hostel is offering a king room with two single beds and three bunk beds for double occupancy for €1,664 for the night. And according to its listing on Booking.com, the ground floor snug has a view of a lake. It's 350 yards from Dublin city centre. I'm still trying to find the lake. Does anybody know where this lake is in Dublin city centre? If you can let me know, I'd really appreciate it. A huge reaction to uh, this whole conversation about the extraordinary prices for those few remaining uh, hotel rooms in Dublin. Adrian, this is the sector we, the state, are subsidising to the tune of €300 million with the reduced VAT rate. It's absolutely disgusting. Another message says a lot of EU countries have price bans within which hotels, hostels, B&Bs can only charge, so a minimum and a maximum rate based on quality, size and so on. Hotels are supposed to display their seasonal rates in each room, but now it's just hidden behind reception unless requested, says uh, that message. And one more, just listening to a spot on the uh, price of accommodation in Dublin on St. Patrick's Day, 
Isaac's Hostel are charging €4,079 for a twin room. So $2,039.50 per person. Is that, re- is that for real? Wow. Um, I got the price from HostelWorld.com, says uh, Stephen. €4,079 for a twin room. Nobody in their right mind would be paying that. Um, and then one final message from Paul and Tip. The whole of Ireland is a rip-off, full stop. Uh, Ant is on the line in uh, Wicklow. and good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Live. What's the point you wanted to make? Um, hi, good, day. good afternoon. Um, I just wanted to point out that the rent pressure zone legislation um, has basically caused, I think, uh, some of this at least. Um, we rent a small little cottage with... Um, admittedly a very beautiful view of the sea <laughs> in Wicklow. Um, and previously I was using the Airbnb to basically cover the cost of the mortgage, etc. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be our pension plan for later on in our lives. Um, so basically if we could you know, cover the mortgage, we'd be grand and that'd be fine. Um, and so that was ticking along nicely until the rent pressures on legislation came in. And um, initially, I actually supported that as well because, you know, as a younger person, that was hard to rent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it made sense that in the center of towns, you know, rent pressure zone legislation comes in. And kind of ignored it because we're two miles away from any other town in Wicklow. And, you know, clearly it's for the center of Dublin. You know, that's, that's what it's for. Um, and lo and behold, apparently it covers us as well. And um, we discovered to our horror that, that we're also covered. And then basically... All of the east of, of, of Ireland is covered under the rent pressure zone legislation. And how does that um, apply to you if you are renting through Airbnb? Um, you have a maximum of 90 days allowed per year. So that naturally had forced me to increase the rent uh, rate per, per, you know, beyond what I even wanted to charge because I had to now make up a whole year's mortgage payments in 90 days. Uh, in a year, which which wasn't what I wanted, but, but okay, I had to do it. Um, then I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, what do you do with the property for the other nine months of the year? Um, well, that's it. It has to stay vacant. I can use it to house my friends if they come over or whatever, but like, I literally cannot do anything with it. Um, and then that's not the end of the story. I discovered that uh, because it physically wasn't connected to our house, it was a, you know, it's 100 meters down the road, um, so so it's not physically our, our connected to our, our property. Uh, we have to then get um, a, a permission uh, and, and planning permission to rent it uh, as an Airbnb for a short-term let. So even though we're limited to 90 days, we now have to go and get permission. So, oh, okay, we'll go to the council and, and we'll fill out the forms. And as we filled out the forms, we discovered that they don't accept uh, planning for short-term lets in Wicklow. So uh, obviously, one of one of the reasons uh, that the rent pressure zones uh, were brought in was to keep rents somewhat under control uh, to make it easier for people to rent. Would it not be more beneficial then for you to put that onto the private rental market again? Which is exactly what we've done. So, right. in in a sense, the legislation has succeeded, um, and and we rented out at what I consider a very reasonable rate. And, in fact, it's a one-bedroom house that we rent at one thousand six hundred, um, which apparently is what you charge. One, one can pay for one night 
<laughs> in, in in Dublin City, yes. Okay, but the, but the point you're making is that as regards accommodation, your accommodation uh, for for tourists or whatever is now off the market, so that's less bedroom space because of the pressure put on you by the rent pressure zone. Exactly, hmm. exactly. And we were quite reluctant to rent because you know, as a landlord, one can you can't kick a person out anymore, apparently. Um, so you know. I needed to be able to pay the mortgage. It's not funny. Um, so, so we were quite lucky. Thankfully, we were very lucky, and we've got fantastic tenants, and, and they cherish the house the, the way we do. But just, I just want to point out that the rent pressure zones unintended consequences to reduce the landlords like me from that market, which means the hotels and hostels are just licking their chops. Mm. All right, good to talk to you, and thanks very much indeed. Amanda is on the line in uh, Limerick. What's your read of of uh, the sort of prices we were quoting, Amanda? Well, I think I could probably, I could rent a car, drive to Dublin for the parade, and then I would rather drive back home. So it's like five hours driving there and back rather than stay in Dublin mm. for the night. In fact, so I, 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 was quoting, I was quoting earlier on that uh, we worked out for some of the prices we were quoting in Dublin, uh, you could actually fly to New York, stay in uh, decent accommodation in Times Square, be there for the St. Patrick's Day parade in New York, and fly back home cheaper then you could stay in Dublin. Yes, uh, it's 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 mad. And that other price that that you quoted four thousand something euros for for a hostel somewhere, you can fly business class to South Africa and back for less than that. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's not that. No, I, 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 I always find parades. I always find a quote like that four thousand and seventy nine euro for a, a twin room. It's just a number because nobody in their right mind is going to pay that. So that room is going to sit there uh, empty. Well, I mean, if you if you look on Reddit, the opinions will be, oh, that's totally money laundering, and and no one's actually paying that, you know, to actually stay there. So maybe I don't know, maybe the um, uh, financial crimes, whatever the financial crimes people in Ireland is, maybe they should be looking at that. <laughs> but you know, the sad thing about the. I, I hesitate to say more reasonable, but the more reasonable one at seventeen hundred for uh, for the two single beds and the bunk beds. I mean, I would never pay that, and I I would think they're cutting off their noses to spite their faces. But someone somewhere is going to pay that, so they're going to get rewarded for this behaviour, regardless of of how outrageous it is. Somebody somewhere is going to pay it, um, and so there's no incentive for them to stop doing this. Mm. And by the way, just, I just wanted to clarify that the 4,079 uh, figure for a twin room in that hostel is on the Hostel World website. Uh, if you go on to the actual hostel's website itself, it is not available. So I don't know where oh. they I don't know where they come up with these figures. It's it's unbelievable. Um, stay there for one second, if you can, please, uh, Amanda. Another one of your messages. Huge reaction to this. Um, it's the same with everything at the moment. We are pricing ourselves completely out of it. Here in Mullingar, it is six euro for a pint of beer. My own village is the same. Everything has gone too expensive. I used to stay in Dublin for a night, but it has gone far too expensive. Now Liam is on. The line. Liam, are people getting value for money when they visit the likes of Dublin? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But uh, there, there has been more than enough said so far this morning, in my opinion, about the cost aspect of this thing and, mm. and the, the gouging. I would like to address a couple of points uh, in the area of why I am ashamed of my capital city. Off you go. 
dirty footpaths. Dirty footpaths. You don't you don't see dirty footpaths in Spain, in Portugal, or in the Canaries, or uh, in 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 most pl- uh, cities in the continent, unless you go to some of the very very old. Eastern European cities. Uh, I, I'm not familiar enough with any of them to, to comment on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, footpath repairs, uh, temporary repairs with, with, with uh, a, a, a lash of a few buckets of, of uh, tarmac, uh, not properly leveled down to the level of the original footpath. And uh, if you question it, you'll be told, well, that's a temporary repair. They're never finished off. Uh, right, so you you think uh, the, you up, think the up, image up, of Dublin? There are, there, there are up to forty glass bricks missing in footpaths uh, for decades in our city centre, particularly in some of the the, the uh, streets uh, linking Dame Street with with uh, um, uh, Stevens Green and and uh, uh, that side of town, and these are. Uh, these were original glass in, uh, brick inserts put in over uh, over uh, 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 underground underground storage areas. Oh uh, yes, I know. I know uh, what you're talking about. You're talking about the the glass bricks uh, on over basements and so on. Uh, and you're saying a lot of them are broken and never uh, replaced. I appreciate the call, uh, Liam. Thanks very much indeed. Um, we're on the search for the lake that is in Dublin City. Um, you can, for uh, €1,728, book a king room with a lake view in uh, Dublin City Centre. A king room with a lake view. And we're just trying to find where the lake is. Um, Declan says um, Blessington Street Park near the Matter Hospital has a small lake. But Declan, is there any sort of a hotel overlooking that lake? I wonder. Uh, Patricia is also on the line. Uh, Patricia, where is this lake in Dublin City Centre? Well, I, I think it's the same one that you've just called out in Blessington Street. If you walk down, I walk down from Phippsburg through, there's a little park, there's a soldier on the top with a gun. They've mm-hmm. opened up that, put in flowers, you walk down the steps, you keep walking down. You come to, we call it the duck pond, but maybe other people would call it a lake. But there is a hostel around there. and um, You cut through the little streets and you would be in city centre in about seven minutes. Okay, so maybe that is, but you're saying it's more of a pond. Well, well, no, it's it's quite large. It is quite large. You could walk around it. It is packed um, on a Saturday, Sunday. Children, you know, learning how to go on bikes. You could walk right around. You see so many people meeting for coffee and having chats. Um, But but this this lake, this little lake, is is there any buildings overlooking it? no, no. Um, you see this, no, this but there is streets off it there's all different little ways in there's four ways into it and so when you go out one of those streets you could end up with the hostel which is quite near to it but I don't I've never been in the hostel but I don't know if it looks out over it yeah I'm just I'm, just, I'm fascinated cold, to know where the uh, room with the lake view is I mean it, but it, I, I think that's it because it's so near city centre you could be in the city centre in seven minutes walking Okay, right. I'll have a look at that on my way home today. I'll pop yeah, in to see the, the lake. Yeah. And you walk around, and it is quite. The water feature went in a while ago. It is 
fabulous when all the water is coming out. All right, very good. Thanks very much indeed for your call, uh, Patricia. Some balance, please, says this message. The Gresham Hotel is doing a double room for 520. That's €260 per person on the 17th. The Morgan Hotel is doing the same for 460 or 230 per person for a late booking for the biggest day of the year, says Lara in Dublin. Lara, I would would argue with you, if you think €520 for one night in a hotel, no matter where it is, is value for money... Mm, I disagree with you on that. Uh, we came up with a workaround for St. Patrick's Weekend in Dublin. We booked a night for our caravan in Camac Valley Caravan Park on the Green Isle Road for €44 Euro a night. We can get public transport into Dublin. And even if we had to get a taxi, it would be way cheaper. Those hotel prices are just not right. And there should be measures in place to curb them, says uh, Grania. And that's grand, Grania. If you have a caravan, not all of us do. Uh, Stevens Green has a lake, yes. I don't think there's any uh, hotels overlooking that lake. And uh, finally, hang on, guys. If you're stupid enough to pay those gouging prices, then you deserve to be ripped off, says uh, Anthony. All right, thanks very much indeed for all of your uh, calls, comments and opinions. You're listening to Lunchtime Live. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.